0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to A.B. Conversations, where we will help you CFP your way out of it, a podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. Hey, Adam. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back. I know one of these days you're just going to do this on your own the whole title and everything uh, yeah so uh, uh a, a question for you for all our listeners do you consider yourself to be a competitive person it really depends but I guess to answer your question simply yes yeah so do you like hate losing uh it's not the best so you like don't like admitting when you've lost uh <laughs> a that's not of necessarily questions. true I, I lose oh. a lot Okay, well, today we're going to talk about losing, right? Oh my Let's God, talk. I knew what the topic was and I still had no idea where the heck you were going with that. Uh, I like try to tee these up, wonderful segues. Uh, sometimes when we invest, things do not work out. And I think yes. it's really a good topic today. I'll let you maybe introduce it. Uh, when taking tax losses really is the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, and it's something that, I think maybe some people haven't heard of or really considered what it, what it means. And, and when we use the term tax lost harvesting, kind of share what, that, what the heck does that even mean? Um, and we'll be specific here. So in order to deduct or use a loss in your investments, it has to be outside of a retirement account. So it has to be what we would yeah. consider a, a non-retirement investment account. Otherwise, with, within, a, within an IRA, within a Roth IRA, within a 401k, whether you make or lose money, the IRS doesn't care. They're only going to tax you based off of what you take out. So different here, yep. we're only talking about non-retirement investments. So yeah, that's a really important clarification to make because I think most people that we would meet in most, this is probably true, just people in general, you build your wealth um, when it comes to investments really inside retirement accounts granted right. there are many other ways to invest and that's what we're talking about here and i yeah. would i would also make the point to your comment that that theme of harvesting really does mean making the choice to sell something yeah yes so when we say tax loss harvesting that is an investment that you made pick a mutual fund pick a stock it doesn't matter say you bought it for $10,000 it's now worth $8,000 there is a there is an unrealized loss, right? You don't don't realize that loss until you actually sell whatever that investment is. And then based off of your gain or your loss, that's when the tax side of things kick in when it comes to these non-retirement investment accounts. So if you have a loss, you can harvest that loss and now either use it to offset other investment gains or you can deduct up to $3,000 of those losses on your tax return in any given year. Yeah. So here's why it's so important. And and to use your words, this may not be something that people know a lot about, or would come to us and say, you know, do some tax loss harvesting for me. It is a really, (laughs) really important financial planner thing for us to pay attention to this time of year uh, and say to certain clients, Hey, we have these gains. You're going to end up paying taxes on them are these other positions, you know, that maybe didn't do as well, diversification, right? Usually Mm -hmm. when one thing Mm -hmm. goes up, another thing may go down. Um, Is it a responsible thing to claim a loss to offset those gains? Sure. Um, Or I, I go back to, you know, March of 2020, when the market was really falling, Um, you never want to feel like you're selling something at a loss. But Mm -hmm. really, if, if in that situation, the market was down, we were able to take a loss and buy a parallel thing. Yes. Um, we, we were able to then use those losses on a tax return, you know, kind of take it. Adv- I don't take advantage. Yeah, I don't know okay way to put it. Take advantage yeah. of the fact that values were down um, and really not put yourself in a spot where you were out of the market if we bought a parallel thing that then was able to be a part of the recovery in April, May, June and so on. Yeah, so I think that is the key part. It is making lemonade out of these lemons that, uh, I like you, it. You, you don't, if you if you have losses, it's not necessarily just selling that investment to take the loss. And now you're sitting in cash until you have to, at some point you're, if you want to stay invested and grow your money, you're going to have to buy something again. It really is these, these two parts of the process. It's selling what you have at a loss and then buying something similar, um, at that same time to hopefully if, and when the market does rebound in short order, which is. What we've seen happen in the fa- past few years, these drawdowns do not last very long so that yeah. you're not necessarily just sitting on the sideline in cash. Now you took, took the tax, lo- tax loss, great, but now you missed out on some of that, that potential growth. So two things in peeling back the curtain. It's not just the end of the year because that's usually, a, I mean, right. we're in the middle of it. That's why we're, we're having this podcast today because it's <laughs> kind of triggering for us. Let's look at what these investments have either gained or what these mutual fund companies are saying they're going to kick off and see if there's anything we need to do proactively. But also at times of market fluctuation is another time for us to do that. So that's a clarification. The second thing I wanted to say to piggyback over what you said, it's philosophically our belief about the different investment choices that are out there. Um, When we say buy something similar, if there are more than a thousand different large cap (laughs) mutual funds, the difference between fund day that you own today and the next best thing, as far as we're concerned, mm-hmm. it's, it's really not all that different. Right. Yeah. But the, the action has to be there to claim the loss on the, on the one and start a new cost base a new starting point with that other investment. We have to trigger that. Um, and that's our job. Yeah. So one, one other clarification, uh, did you throw out the number of, of $3,000? Uh, you did great job. Oh. Fantastic. I did. So in any given tax year, you can only deduct up to $3,000 of those losses. So in a scenario where you have more than 3,000, if you don't have the gains to offset whatever those losses are, you can only deduct up to 3,000. The good news is you can carry forward any of that excess to the next tax year. And if you have another $3,000 and you still have more to deduct, you can kick that can down the road in perpetuity. It's called a capital loss carry forward. So essentially they don't necessarily go to waste. It's just a matter of what other gains can you use to, or what other gains do you have in the future that you can use these losses to offset or you just continue to deduct that 3,000 until your your losses are exhausted. Right. So strategically, I want to be clear, and, and maybe it's uh, you know why I started with a very corny question to you. <laughs> um, I think it's always good to claim losses because at some point we are hoping, you know, right? One, one of the negatives of making money and having your investments make money is there's going to be taxes owed. But if yeah. we've done a good job claiming losses when they occur, you can offset. And I know you use that word and I just want to harp on that. You can offset the gains with any amount of losses, not just Mm 3,000. Get yourself to zero. It's just after that zero, we can't put more than 3,000 on the tax return. But take the losses when you have them always, um, because then they can offset gains in in a future year, even if you can't claim them this year. So that leads me to another thought, which is at this point, after some pretty, the last few years have been pretty good in the stock market, that there may not be. Those investment losses to right. take. Um, so there are different ways that investments um, can kick off income to you as the investor, right? Dividends. Even if, you don't, even if you don't do anything, I think that's where you're going. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Where? Yeah. You just you're just owning whatever that investment is, or you're just owning that mutual fund. There are usually dividends and even more confusing, there's something called a capital gains distribution Mm -hmm. that, again, you can't necessarily control. And that's just a function of uh, the mutual fund that you own, the buying and selling that happens by that portfolio manager, their gains get passed on to you as the investor. And that usually happens towards the end of the year, as they kind of look at this on a, a calendar year basis, where did we fall? And if we have these gains that the fund realized we now need we are forced to pass those on to you as the investor uh, right. and you then would pay taxes on that as if it was income so what we would hate to see is you have an investment that has probably grown over the last few years but it's that it's that snowball rolling down the hill right you have a have an investment that has grown it's continuing to kick off income in some way, shape or form, right? Dividends are these capital gains distributions, and you're reinvesting in that same fund. So now next year, you own a little bit more, and it does it again. And now you're paying taxes as you go. Um, And we can quickly see that spiral um, for some of our clients where it becomes a much bigger problem in the future, where now they're they're paying taxes on income that they're not actually feeling on an annual basis. Yeah. And I guess going back to your initial point, if we don't have losses to offset that, you just, you have to accept it. But I guess the the point that you're getting at is then maybe we need to think as planners in the future, if we don't have losses, let's not compound that problem even more, or let's find a a different vehicle, different investment that may give you a similar risk and return profile, but does so more efficiently. Right. And I guess we don't need to go into the differences between mutual funds and exchange funds today, exchange traded funds, but I think that's, that's to your point. And it does all just roll back into what is our role for you. If you have these non-retirement accounts every year, it's just to assess this. And if we know what's coming, then we can maybe plan a little bit more ahead for, are we reinvesting this? Are we not? Do we sell the fund ahead of time? Don't we? Um, There's just a whole little bit of analysis that needs (laughs) to go into this. Yeah. And it's, I guess it's, it's one of those problems that it's, it's a good problem to have, right? You've invested money and it's grown. So that's, that's a good thing, but now it is what's, what's the most efficient way that now we have to deal with these taxes. Is there another path that we can go down that at least limits that, that impact and actually keeps maybe more in your pocket moving forward. Um, and just a quick note on those, those capital gains distributions, typically um, they're not surprises. They don't just, hey, here's, here's your distribution. They, they do put out an estimate, usually a month or two in advance. So you kind of get a feel for what is coming down the road. Like we said, oftentimes, if, if you already own it and you have a, an unrealized gain, yeah. it's, it's that really tough decision between, am I going to sell this? to avoid some short-term tax. By the way, if I sell it and I have a gain, I'm gonna pay tax anyway. So there is kind of that that push and pull on, you're gonna owe taxes in some way, shape or form, but sometimes it is just the conscious decision of, well, maybe I'm okay taking this and doing something different that is more tax efficient moving forward. Um, Yeah. it, it It really is situational. Yeah. And I think that would be on us to kind of help people sure. through that, but there, there could be a scenario um, and I don't want to dig too deep into the weeds here, but there could be a scenario, a uh, parallel to what you just mentioned that you bought a fund and it's done very well in the past, but by the time you bought it and the time it's going to make its first distribution, you have a loss, but they're also yeah. going to pay you all these gains that you never really were participating in. So yeah. there's a no brainer situation where selling it would make sense. But I I think some of this is going to come up at the end of the year for us, too, as we get some clarity or maybe don't get clarity on tax laws. <laughs> I know we did a podcast on the Biden tax proposals a couple months ago, but there is yeah. some conversation around will that capital gains rate be changing this year? And while the thresholds for the people that that may in the current proposal effect is not going to be the masses, mm-hmm. um, it's going to it's going to be important for us to assess that for you know, a certain segment of our clients, too. Yeah, it is. a hot, yeah, It's s- a hot absolutely. topic right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe that. That is a couple of months ago. And uh, earlier this week, Biden made his presentation, kind of gave some updates on that. But yeah, at this point, it is still in a proposal phase. So, yes, we're wait, waiting to see what that looks like uh, for next year. So I had two more notes on this. Um, okay. First, it's to kind of understand how your investments and losses and gains may play a role in what you gift or what happens mm-hmm. when you pass away. Um, yeah. So again, being, being very specific to these non-retirement accounts, if you have losses, I'll go back to my comment, it's always good to claim them because if you pass mm-hmm. away with a position that had a loss and now your, let's just say your children inherit that, there's what's called a step up in basis um, where their ability to sell it at a loss on the day that they inherit it. That's gone. Um, right. So lost property loss investments are never good gifts. They're always good for right. you to claim uh, gifts, whether yes. you're doing that while you're alive or through your estate. Yes. So uh, that's a great clarification. So I'll take the flip side of that, which is if you do, if you are charitably inclined and do gifting, throughout the year or or whatever the case may be. Um, A great way to avoid some taxes on on investments that have a gain is to gift directly those either shares of stock, shares of mutual funds, whatever that may look like. You gift those directly to the charity as long as they are set up to receive them. And then essentially whatever that gain is, you're avoiding the taxes on that right? You're, you're, it's, as far as your taxes are concerned, you're making a donation to charity for that value of whatever the, the shares of stock or mutual fund that you are gifting. The charity in turn can turn around and sell that investment and whatever gains are in there, it doesn't matter because the charities by their nature are nonprofits and will not pay taxes on those gains. Yep. Uh, well said. I have one more completely unrelated thing, or did you have something else to note on that? No, go ahead. All right, so let's create this scenario where you have this investment that has lost a little money, Mm -hmm. but you love it. You love it. You don't want to get rid of it. You want to hold it. You still believe in it long-term. We have to be careful um, because if you sell something at a loss for tax purposes, you're not allowed to buy it back for 30 days. Um, And if you do, that's considered. I believe they call it the wash sale rule. Yep. Um, yep. Which basically says that um, you're going to owe taxes anyway. Yeah. Right? Yes. It's that's essentially the way the IRS closed that loophole of you selling an investment for a loss, buying the exact same investment immediately after, or to your point, within 30 days, um, to just just for tax purposes. So that's where where you were saying earlier, buying something. Structurally similar, or even just similar in nature, but it can't be identical because the IRS isn't as dumb as, as sometimes as we we hope they are. Um, <laughs> they kind of they kind of close that um, yeah. that loophole. So so yes, that's a good point. Yeah, and I think that's probably more more sensitivity for those that hold stock, right? Because they really right. believe in that company. You bought Apple yes. at the wrong time, before earnings, whatever, and now it's at a loss. You sell it you're not, you can buy something parallel, but you're not buying Apple for up to 30 days and you have to be okay with that period. That's very different than our suggestion that you sell this mutual fund that looks like a duck, talks like a duck, walks like a (laughs) duck. This other investment over here looks and acts the complete same. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's just a little bit of a different situation, but I did not want to forget to talk about the wash sale rule. Yes. Good call. What else? I'm good. Hey, I think we won at describing tax losses. What do you think? (laughs) I agree. We nailed it. The point is if, if you have losses, don't let them go to waste at the very least. Let's have, let's have the conversation to make sure that yes, that if there is a loss taking it makes sense. And then what do you do from there? Um, but to your, to your original point, uh, use the losses when you have them don't let them go to waste you can't pass them on the irs would, would love for you not to take advantage of of this legal loophole of taking your tax losses and deducting them yeah and all joking aside i know psychologically you know i mean we even talk about this when it comes to you know certain relationships that we have hey don't don't people worry about losses more than they feel the reward of gains um, yeah. And you don't want to admit a loss and you don't want to have to sell investments at a loss, right? We inherently tell people don't do that. Um, but if it, when it does come to taxes, it's okay. It really is okay. In fact, it seems like the efficient thing to do. Harvest those losses. All right. Very good. Thanks, pal. Thank you. Until next time. Bye.